Sifin Daf Pei Tet Hamud Aleph. Rumors and facts. Yatzala Shem. Uh, once again, the uh, shir today is sponsored by an anonymous sponsor for which we're uh, grateful. Uh, as I've mentioned, it enables us to get the shir out to uh, to many different people around the world. And as, as I've said, I feel very grateful to those who, who help us through sponsorships of different forms, but I feel particularly grateful for the people who are here every, every single morning. Reb Chaim Shmuel Levitz used to say to us that one of the things he dreads about Olam Haba, about the world to come, is that you can't share anything there, you're on your own. And one of the biggest pleasures in life is when you've discovered something to, to tell somebody about it. It's, it's, very, it's, a, it's suffering, it's terrible to discover something new, to see something that, that you hadn't seen before, nobody's seen before, and to have nobody to share it with, nobody to talk to about it. Uh, and he worries, and I thought later, I don't know why he's so worried about it. I think in Olam Haba there are no chidushim, I don't think there are discoveries. In Olam Haba, you spend the rest of eternity developing the ideas you developed when you were in this world. You don't, you don't have new discoveries when you're in, in Olam Haba, so maybe there's no reason to, to have that need. But that was, he used to say, that was something that in Olam Haba you, you won't have. And, uh, and I think to myself, each morning I have the schut of discovering such beautiful things in each daf of Gomorrah and what would happen if I didn't have people to share it with uh, and to have people like immediately as I, as I finish preparing I get into my car and come to the Beis HaMedrash and there we've got a, a group of people ready to share it so I'm very very grateful for that. There, there was a difference in educational approach between the Briska Rov and I think it was Rabisa Zalman. Rabisa Zalman used to say I give a shir every day whether or not I've got anything new to say the time for the shir comes, I give a shir, that's the discipline, that's the order. The Briskarov used to say, if I don't have anything new to say, I don't give a shir. The only reason I give a shir is if I have a chiddush, I have something new to say. Uh, and in Brisk, that used to be, there was a bit of drama around that. Is there a shir today or isn't there? Nobody knew until the last minute. Is there going to be a shir today or not? Because if there's a shir, it means the Briskarov had a chiddush. Uh, but I think it's a bit of a combination. I think the, the fact that you're all here every morning with Mesiris Nefesh, you've made a sacrifice to be here early in the morning, every day of the week, that creates a siyat edishmaya that enables me to be sure, because I'm, I'm mispalot to the Rebbein almost every morning, give me something, make sure I have something to tell these people, make something to make sure I have something that can enrich their lives, that can make a difference to them, they're taking the effort of coming, and likewise the people who listen to the shirim around, around the world, they invest time and effort to to listen to the shirim, certainly those who help us sponsor the shirim, make sure that I've got something. Don't don't embarrass me and and don't cause them to waste their time. Give me something to share with them. And Baruch Hashem, virtually every single morning, just amazing, beautiful things. And today is is no exception. What we're looking at today is how rumors work to damage reputation. What is reputation? Reputation is an assumption. We've often talked about assumptions, that we are free to make assumptions. Uh, we don't know the facts. Most of the time, in most areas of life, we, we lack information about real fact. What's really happening? We don't really know. Even in scientific areas, we have theories, we have theses. We don't always know, we don't have facts always. And we make assumptions about what reality is, and certainly when it comes to interpersonal issues, we make assumptions about 
people. Reputation is an assumption that turns out as a mensch. A reputation is, is, a, is an assumption that turns out as a decent person. Rumors can damage those assumptions. If I know for a fact that this person has done something terrible, then of course my assumption's blown. I can no longer assume that he's a mensch. But what happens if they're rumors? I don't know anything for sure. They're just rumors. Does that change my assumptions or doesn't it? I'm free to make what assumptions I want. Um, and, and in so doing, we're going to discover an amazing difference between two sets of assumptions that Rabbi Yoshebe Soloveitchik is mechadish in the, in the Rambam. Uh, as uh, two, two sets of assumptions, one that gets damaged by rumor, and one that doesn't get damaged by rumor. One is a cheskat heter, and the other is a cheskat kashrut, and we'll talk about the difference between them. It all revolves around the, this whole sugi of Gemara, the piece that we're focused on is Rava's din, at the top of Peitet Amud Aleph, that yatsala shem mezana be'ir en choshishim la. If a woman, now the way, there's a difference between the way Rashi, Tosfus, and other Rishonim learn, and the way that the Ravid learns. And we'll understand that. But the way Rashi learns is, if a woman is married to a Kohen, and there's a rumor that she's been having affairs in the town, we don't take any notice of it. What, how would we take notice of it? We don't make her get divorced from her husband on the basis of rumors that we don't do. But, but if her husband were to die and she were want to, would want to marry another Kohen, we, the question is, do we say, no, you can't marry another Kohen? All these rumors that you had relationships with non-Jewish people, with people who puzzle you for kahuna, and we don't know the facts, but to marry a Kohen that you can't do, says Rava, no, we, we don't worry about it. We ignore the rumors. That's what Rava, what Rava says. And then the Gemara says, Ketanai, this actually is a machlekes tanoim, where we have different views. We have the view, uh, we're talking about a case, achla bashuk, girgara bashuk, hinika bashuk. A woman who behaves loosely in public. And we're talking particularly about a woman because a woman is, is highly sensitive to reputational issues. That's why the whole Me Too movement was so important. Uh, in, in that it, it, it the, the, the damage to a woman's reputation is, is serious, and the Me Too movement turned it around and started focusing the damage, reputational damage on the men who until then were pretty insulated from the reputational damage of inappropriate behavior. But the women were very damaged by it. And so we're talking here primarily about, about women. women. If there's a woman who just behaves loosely in, the, in, in, the, in public, she eats in public. Interesting, she walks in the street eating in public. It's not a, it's not a feminine thing. It's not an isur. We talk about an ochel b'shuk. It's not a good thing for a man to be doing either. But it's certainly not a feminine thing. Girga, she walks in a flirtatious way. She attracts people's attention. It, these are things that are not are not sadistic. They're not things that increase her Jewish femininity. The idea of a, of a kvod bat melech pnima. But Kulan, in all those cases, Rabbi Meir says she she should get divorced. That again, according to Rashi, that means. If she remarried a Kohen after her Kohen husband died, and while her Kohen was, a, she was married to her husband, the Kohen, she was doing all these inappropriate things, or even before she married him, then she can't remarry another, another Kohen, is what Rabbi Meir says. And according to the Ravid, what, what Rabbi Meir means is, if the man wants to divorce her on that basis, he can. 
She's behaving inappropriately. This is not rumors. This is she's actually behaving inappropriately in public. She's not having affairs, but she's just behaving inappropriately. If he, the Kohen, wants to say this is not, this doesn't work for me, or even if it's not a Kohen, then that would be okay. There were women who used to get together to weave at night. They used to have night workshops. For, for weaving. They had, had night shifts and these women would get together at night and then they would weave and they would gossip in these, in these situations. If these groups of women started gossiping about this particular woman, that's when we get worried. That's when the husband's entitled to say her reputation is really damaged. Look, women are saying that she's not only behaved inappropriately, but that she's actually acted inappropriately, possibly even had affairs. Just rumors, but everybody's talking. No, if the husband wants to divorce, he can divorce. In that case, you're not allowing any married woman to stay married, any Jewish woman to stay married. Says Rashi, because everybody has enemies and they're willing to put out rumors with the slightest little provocation. And you're going to say every time a man can divorce his wife because some woman somewhere started a rumor or a group of women are speaking badly. Well, you can't take such notice of rumors, says Rabbi Yochanan ben Brocha. So these are the three views, and we've got Rovas Psakdin that says we don't listen to, to rumors. The way the Ravid explains it, the Ravid wrote, wrote notes, notes on the riff, similar to the way he wrote notes on the Rambam. And we have the Ravid's notes and the reef at the back of the Gemara. And the Ravid says, what we're talking about here is if a man comes in Bali If he comes to the Rav and says, Do I have to worry about this? People are talking about my wife. We say no. You don't have to worry about it. Not necessary. Um, and, and the Ravid then goes on to ask a question which the Ridvo and others also ask on Rabbi Yochanan bin Duri. But don't we have a din of Elu Yotzot Shilobik Adat We have a din that if a, person, a woman behaves inappropriately, that she gets divorced without a ksuba, says the, uh, the, the uh, Ravid. That is not talking about, Rabbi Yochanan Bin is not saying that you need witnesses, because Rabbi Yochanan Bin says without witnesses you ignore the rumors. Ask the, the Ravid, but we have cases where we see a woman doesn't get a ksuba if, the, if, if she behaves badly in public. Says, says the Ravid, no, Rabbi Yochanan bin Broca means that it doesn't mean there have to be witnesses that she had an affair. And if there aren't witnesses that she had an affair, he cannot divorce her. That's not what it means. It means there have to be witnesses that she's behaving inappropriately in public. That can't just be a rumor. There'd be people who say, we've seen it, we know it, how she behaves in public. And then if the husband says, look, I'm, I'm not happy, am I allowed to divorce her on this grounds? Then the answer is yes. And it, and it emerges according to the, the Ravid that Rabbi Akiva is the most severe of the views. Rabbi Meir says we don't take, take note of rumors, but if she behaves inappropriately in public, that's grounds for divorce if he wants to. Rabbi Akiva says even if they're just rumors that she's behaving inappropriately in public, that's grounds for divorce. And Rabbi Yochanan Brocha says, no, they've got to be actual aiding, they've got to be witnesses that she did something uh, that she did something inappropriate in public. And Rova Paskins like Rabbi Yochanan ben Broca, that we don't take notice of the rumors, there's actually got to be witnesses. That's the important thing to know. Rova's Psak like Rabbi Yochanan ben Broca, that we don't take note of the rumors uh, on, on their own. Asks Rabbi Yoshua Be'er Soloveitchik, it, it seems from, from Rabbi Yochanan ben Broca and from, from Rove 
We don't take any notice of a rumor because we need evidence. Uh, You can't just have talk that she's a zona, that she's behaving inappropriately, she's having an affair. Asks the Rabbi Yoshebeh, in what way is this different from Kiddushin? At the bottom of Daf Pechesa Mudbeis, we've got the case where there are rumors that a woman got married. Nobody, people weren't at the wedding, people don't know exactly what happened, she's not a woman that's well known, but people are talking in the town, did you know that the Rochel got married today? Oh, really? So that's all we know. We must assume from that moment that she's married. That's what the, what the, the, the Gemara says based on the Mishnah. So you see, even though Kiddushin is a Davar Sheba Erva, it's something that needs Edus, that normally would need Edim. As Rabbi Yochanan ben, ben Broker learns in our Gemara, that just as you need Edim in matters of criminal activity, so you need Edim in matters of 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 sexual impropriety. And Kiddushin is a matter of, of issues between man, men and women, and it involves Doraises, it involves laws of the Torah. Surely until you have witnesses. Now we know that there are witnesses at the wedding, but we said the other day, witnesses at the wedding are not there to, to give information in the event that there's uncertainty. Witnesses at the wedding create the wedding. They, they, they actually create the Kiddushin. But what about if we, there aren't witnesses? We don't know whether or not she got married. The story is this woman got married. We say, okay, we've got to assume, we make an assumption again. The reputation, she has a reputation of being married, so we make an assumption that she's married. Ask Rabbi Yoshebeh, if that's the case, then why does Rabbi Yochanan and Brocha not worry about it here too, where she has a reputation that she's been acting improperly with other men? Why don't we give credence to that rumor, the same as we do to the rumor that she's become married? Answers Rabbi Yoshebeh, an amazing thing. An ordinary woman, just a, a plain unmarried woman, she is Becheskat Heter. What does Becheskat Heter mean? She's permitted to be married to anybody. Rochel lives in the town. She's come out of a Bezyak of Sem. She's the daughter of a fine Rov and Rebetzin in the town. The, this woman can marry whoever she wants to. She has a Cheskat Heter. Then there's a story that she's was Mekudeshet. Ah, there's rumors that she's married. Okay, now she can't marry anybody except the man that she's rumored to be married to. So the rumor changes her Cheskat Heter. The assumption we make that she is Muteret, the assumption that we make that she is permissible to anybody, that assumption is removed by the rumor. So we don't have witnesses that she's married, we just have rumors that she's married. That's enough. The rumor is she's married, so somebody says, can I introduce Rochel to my son? The answer is no. They say she's married. And then the person might say, do you know she's married? No, I don't know, but there are rumors that she's married. You can't introduce her to her son. That's it. Removes from Cheskas Heter, says Rabbi Yoshebe Soloveitchik, but not from Cheskat Kashrut. But when it comes to what we're talking about here, here you're talking about a young woman who has a Cheskat Kashrut. She's a kosher woman. This idea of a person being kosher, particularly a woman, as we'll see, it's not only by women. That Kashrut is not only about a piece of meat, or about a butcher, or about a restaurant. Kashrus is about human beings too. A person can be mutar. Am I allowed to marry a Jew? Yes, mutar, you're allowed to. Am I allowed to marry a Kohen? 
Yes, you're allowed to. That's a cheskat heter. Cheskas kashus is much more than that. Am I held to be a proper person? Could I marry a kohen? Could I marry a kohen godol? That's a different level. Cheskas kashrut, rumors don't change. Cheskas kashrut, an assumption about a person's kashrut is much higher than the, an assumption about a person's heter, about a person being permissible. It's cheskat kashrut. What does a cheskat kashrut mean? So we have a Mishnah in Brochus where when Tevi, the, the uh, servant of, uh, of Rebbe, the slave of Rebbe died, Rebbe sat Shiva. And they said that we, uh, apparently we're not supposed to sit Shiva for a, a slave because people will think that he's a Jewish family and then they'll think his children are Jewish. It's, you've got to make a difference between, uh, between Avodim and ordinary people. So why did you do that? Answers Rebbe, Omalahem, En Tevi Avdi Kishar Avadim. Tevi, my, my slave, is not like other slaves. Kasher haya. And he uses the word kosher. He doesn't say mutar. Or he doesn't say, he says kasher haya. He was kosher. Now, there are two different interpretations as to what Rebbe means. The one is the Melechah Shlomo. The Melechah Shlomo is a 16th century Yemenite Talmud Chacham. Uh, a rov from Yemen who came to Eretz Yisrael in the 16th century, and in Eretz Yisrael he learned with Rabbi Chaim Vital, uh, the, the Talmud of Ramosha Kordavira, we've spoken about that era, and he learned with, with the Shittim Mukubetis, the same as the Ari learned with the Shittim Mukubetis in Egypt, uh, the uh, Melech Shlomo learned with, with, with the Shittim Mukubetis in Eretz Yisrael. So he was a big Talmud Chochem, and he says on the Mishnah, He wasn't a thief. And, and a porut, somebody who misbehaves and behaves inappropriately, that was not Tevi. Tevi was an Odom kosher. He was an, what, what level? Is he saying he was a tzaddik? No, I'm not saying he was a tzaddik. I'm just saying he, was, he wasn't like other slaves. That's why I said shiva for him. Says the Tiferes Yisroel. Now we jump to the 18th century and Ashkenaz. Lech Shlomo is the 16th century and, and, and a Sephardi. And the Tiferes Yisroel is 18th century and uh, being of the 19th century and... And uh, an Ashkenazi, he says, Kosher hoyo, the Talmud Chochom v'roi lismochaya. Kasher doesn't mean he was okay. Kasher doesn't mean he was average. Kasher means he was a Talmud Chochom v'roi. He could have been a Rov. He could have been a Rosh Yeshiva. As the Gemara says in Yumedav Pezayin, it was his bad luck that he was born to the descendants of Ham, and therefore he was an, an Evet. So he had the descendancy of an Eved. He, he was of the race of Avodim. And that had certain halachic implications for poor Tevi. But he was a Talmud Chochem. This was somebody who could have been the Rov of a town. This is somebody who could have been a Rosh Yeshiva. Ulahachi covered Torah Adif, and therefore it's covered Torah. I have to sit for him. Even though there are reasons not to sit for an Eved, for this Eved I have to sit You see from here what the word Kasher means. Kasher means a whole lot more than it's okay. Kasher means it's fit, it's, it's, it's proper, it's elevated, it's a much higher level. And so says Rabbi Yoshebeer Soloveitchik, when you've just got a cheskat heter, something's okay, something's permitted, you don't know anything about it, just making an assumption. Rumors can damage that. You, you thought it's okay, the rumors are not. You think she's an unmarried girl, she's becheskat heter, she may marry anybody, the rumors say, no, she's actually married. So the assumption of heter is taken away. You can't make that assumption anymore. But when there's a cheskat kashrut, 
This is a young girl who's assumed to be from a good home, and there are rumors that she's misbehaving herself. She's got a cheskat kashrut. That you don't, you don't take away very easily. Cheskat kashrut is much stronger. And that's important to know even when it comes to kashrut. It's interesting that the Rambam paskins all of these laws, isurei bi'ah, all of these sexual laws, the Rambam paskins not in hilchot ishut, not in the section of halacha that deals with women. He paskins it, he brings it in an area of Rambam that only has three sections. Hilchot Kedusha, Sefer Kedusha, in the Book of Sanctity, where we deal with Shechita, Kashrut, and Isurebiya. And based on Rabbi Yosheber Soloveitchik's Chiddush, that makes good sense. Because in this matter, we're not talking about Isur Veheta in the normal sense, we're talking about Kashrus. We're not just talking about a woman's relationship to her husband and to other men and can't you? We're actually talking about Kashrus, the Kashrus of a person. Because when a person's kosher, that gives certain, certain that makes certain assumptions about the person. And, uh, and that's important, even in laws of Kashrut. You're talking about there are rumors that a particular restaurant is not okay. There's rumors that a particular Shechita is not okay. Does it have a Cheskat Kashrut? Is there reason to assume that, not just that it's okay. If there are reasons to assume that it's okay, you might have a place, a vegan place, that doesn't have a hersher, doesn't have a cheskat kashrut. Maybe it has a cheskat eto. As far as we know, they don't use tray for vinegar, and they don't use cheese, and they don't... There's, there's nothing, there's a cheskat eto. We can assume that apart from issues of bishulakum, one can assume that the food is kosher. If their rumors are heard that they do this or that, that damages the, the, the chazoka immediately. But what happens if there's a cheskat kashrut? There's a place that has a good hersher, and it's known to be kosher. It has a cheskat kashrut, and there are rumors about it, Based on what we've learned, the rumors don't damage the cheskat kashrut. That doesn't damage the assumptions of a place being kosher. If it's really kasher, in the true meaning of the word kasher, like Rebbe uses it in Masechta Brochus, that this is kosher, that this is really fit for a king, fit for a tamid chochem, that a rumor isn't going to damage. We would need ages for that. We would need facts for that. Mm-hmm.